This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Thursday, March 16th. The weather forecast for today looks like we're going to be building towards some cloud coverage and a high of plus 5 degrees. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, Justin Trudeau appointing former GG David Johnston as a special rapporteur. Number two, former Toronto City Councilor Giorgio Mammoliti announces his run for mayor. Number three, drivers grieve lakeshore traffic backlogs. Number four, Flair Airlines has filed a lawsuit over those seized planes. And number five, snowplow operators are quitting over public abuse. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 5.07 on a Thursday morning. How you doing? I'm just trying to get myself organized here, but I think we uh, we know what we're doing. Lots of things to talk about on the show today. Uh, lots of news and lots of uh, what we like to call debatables. So obviously I'll look forward to... Our morning conversation, Mark Tui is on the morning brief this morning at 6.20. And, you know, not to show any favoritism necessarily, but uh, Mark tends to be fairly harsh in his analysis of things. So you always know you're going to get a hot take from Mark Tui when he's on the morning brief. But I love e- each of my contributors equally. Just like what it used to be like when you asked your mom which of the children she liked the most. It's very funny. I joked a couple of weeks ago that I was my parents' favorite child and my sister was listening. <laughs> and I was just kidding around. But boy, that was an interesting conversation later on in the day. Now you know she was listening. Well, yeah. No, I have a lot. Of, it, okay. This is going to sound really funny, Nick Marano, but I am often surprised to discover that there are people listening. Because I will hear, like, I'll say something harsh about a city councilor, and all of a sudden they're like, why did you say that this morning? Or, you know, I'll, I'll say something about the family, and I'll hear from my cousin Chrisanne. And so, yes, um, and I guess that should come as no surprise, because we have a gigantic listenership here on News Talk 1010. It's where the talkers come to talk, as I like to say. Um, okay, so speaking of big headlines. One of them would, I mean, I mean the, the, the big one this morning, I think, is that uh, Justin Trudeau decided who his rapporteur was going to be. I still can't get over this rapporteur. We always get into, like, you know, nobody knew, nobody had ever heard the word prorogue until Stephen Harper did it. And then everybody was like, well, you know, proroguing is about uh, dismissing parliament and asking the governor general. No, nobody knew what proroguing was. Yeah, but the sales of pierogies went up 25%. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I think uh, a a dumpling is a fine thing. Uh, So now we have a rapporteur. And whatever it is, I am very happy that Justin Trudeau has appointed David Johnston as his rapporteur. And I know that the conspiracy theorists out there, the same people who said, well, you know, the judge who investigated the Declaration of the Emergencies Act was on the hook to the liberals. Uh, They're going to say, well, you know, David Johnston served on the board of directors at the Trudeau Foundation. Maybe he did. But, you know, outside of David Onley, who's no longer with us, I cannot think of a more honorable, 
respectable, above all question person than David Johnston. David Johnston happens to be one of the finest people I have ever met. I think he was one of the great governor generals of our time. He had his mandate extended um, for, for multiple reasons. And, you know, he was appointed by Stephen Harper. So if you want to say that he's von Zeus, they would say in Quebec, not really. If he was appointed by a conservative prime minister, then he's not beholden to Justin Trudeau at all. Um, just looking for, let's see, Marco Mendocino appeared on Power Play. And uh, here's clip number 26, Nick. Let's do this one. Um, I just, I, I completely agree. I cannot imagine a scenario in which David Johnston could be compromised. David Johnston has unimpeachable credentials and character. We're delighted that he is going to serve in this role. He's going to have a wide mandate to provide thoughtful recommendations on how we can best protect our institutions from foreign interference. And I also suspect, you know, I'll let David Johnston do his investigation and then we'll see what he comes back with in his report. But, you know, over the last 10 days or so, there's been a bit of an evolution in this presumed scandal. And there is no question that the Chinese have been meddling in Canadian elections, as well as the Russians and the Iranians and a bunch of other parties. That's just what international governments do. So what it comes down to is, was this, you know, like did somebody sit with Justin Trudeau and say, here's what we're going to do to screw the election and make sure that you get elected. And bear in mind, the Chinese meddling, and there's two issues here, or not issues, but two takeaways here. One of them would be um, that their meddling was or alleged to be that they wanted a minority liberal government. So they didn't exactly work on behalf of Justin Trudeau if they wanted to hammer him down to a minority in order to keep him cornered. The other thing would be this. Of all of the bills, motions, and other stuff that has happened in the House of Commons, not one single thing has gone China's way since the last election cycle. So... It doesn't seem that they really got anything if they were they were meddling. But, I mean, you know, the flip side of this is, uh, for example, and I got to go look it up. There's there's a government that recently said it was going to side with China. And so they're they were going to give up on Taiwan. And the thing is, China is meddling with the entire world. Like they are building freeways and dams and railway lines in countries in order to make those countries beholden to them. It's not an admirable behavior, but it is a behavior that everybody is already very much aware of. And it's what rising empires do. You know, you've got to be kidding yourself if you don't think that for the last hundred years, the United States of America has overthrown governments, meddled, invested, uh, created all kinds of means of making sure that the world uh, runs in their favor. So, uh, like I said, I'm sure the, the, the uh, critics, if, if you hate Justin Trudeau reflexively, if you wake up every morning with a passion hotter than the sun, about how much you hate Justin Trudeau, then the appointment of David Johnston's not going to make a difference anyway. But when I saw that, I thought, okay, that's good. I mean, the only other person I think of who might have been as unimpeachable, but he's got a job, would be Bob Ray. 
Uh, former city councilor, Giorgio Mammoliti, running for Toronto mayor. Now, we're going to have to break for traffic and jump over to our friends at CP24 in just a moment. So I'll leave my thoughts on Giorgio Mammoliti for a little later. But let's just say there is an implicit irony and humor to somebody who was barely suited to be a city councillor, now running for mayor, who placed third in Wasega Beach. I mean, honestly, this is like being an amateur golfer and uh, trying to get into the PGA. It's 5.15. And this is stupid. It's absolutely stupid. It's even more stupider. Let's say good morning to News Talk 1010's John Moore on this Friday Junior, as we like to call it. John, good morning. Let's start with this one. Uh, we now know who the new special rapporteur will be. Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister, has named former Governor General David Johnston to this role. I'm still cracking up over the idea of a rapporteur. I don't know what they do. <laughs> Apparently, in French, it actually translates to tattletale. But yes, oh, wow. uh, Justin Trudeau has appointed the former Governor General of Canada, David Johnston, as his rapporteur to investigate alleged Chinese meddling in the election cycles. And, you know, without get offering too much opinion, I have to say, I, I think this is an inspired choice. I don't know that there are too many people in Canada who are regarded as unimpeachable. And I know that some will point out that he used to serve on the board of directors mm -hmm. of uh, the Trudeau Foundation. But still, I mean, David Johnson is just one of those upstanding people who I think we have a great deal of confidence in. Absolutely. He certainly has the resume for it. Uh, turning to this now, we've been covering this story, uh, John, and Bill and I were just talking about how you physically seize an airplane. Apparently, it's quite fascinating. But Flair Airlines is now suing uh, Irish leasing company uh, for taking their planes, they say, in the middle of the night, so to speak. I don't see this ending well for Flair. And the real problem in any airline company would be if people have any questions about whether you're going to be around in two weeks or two months, then they aren't going to book tickets with you. In this mm. case, four planes were seized. And I can only see this coming to trial. And, you know, the lawyer for the company that owns the airplanes will say, did you pay your bills on time? And the person from Flair will say, no, we didn't. And they'll say, well, thank you, Your Honor, we're done. Mm. Yeah, okay, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, turning to this now, the Toronto mayoral race getting a little more cozy. Former councillor Giorgio <laughs> Mammoliti says he's now planning to run. Giorgio Mammoliti, uh, bombastic, showy, uh, very controversial during his time as the city councillor in Toronto. He ultimately got muscled out. He ran for mayor of Wasega Beach, placed third, but now he's running again. All I could say, Jennifer, is this adds to the color of this mayoralty race, which I think is going to be one of the most exciting ones in a good long time. And what I'm very eager for is for the field to be complete. I want all of the people who are clearing their throats to just get into this race and then we can get on to mm -hmm. trying to clear the field and find a new mayor. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And there's some uh, controversy in Hamilton. It looks like it could be a double NDP situation. Mm -hmm. A by-election there is happening at Hamilton Centre to replace Andrea Horvath, uh, who is, of course, the mayor. Andrea Horvath was just the latest person to decide to quit being a leader at Queen's Park and become the mayor of a city. That cleared out her seat. And so that seat is up for grabs today. Looks like the NDP will pump, probably capture it because it's an NDP stronghold. But the candidate, Sarah Jama, uh, has some degree of controversy because she has been accused of anti-Semitism for having been, as a university student, active in pro-Palestinian politics. 
And John, we finally end on a, a lighter note. It, like I said, it's either baseball or dogs. And we have a new top dog, and I'm not talking about Oscar Mayer Wiener. Uh, this is the French Bulldog as the top U.S. dog breed. But in Canada, Labradors still rule. That's absolutely it. And uh, I'm a terrier owner, and there is considerable um, jeopardy in owning a terrier. I know Bill can probably tell you about his little doggy <laughs> as well. But yes, for the very first time in the American Kennel Club, the French Bulldog is the number one breed. This is not without controversy, because a lot of people think, actually, this is a dog that has been bred to have, for example, breathing difficulties. They're very oh. snuffy. Um, but in Canada, we continue with the Labrador Retriever as our top dog. Yeah, I love French Bulldogs. They kind of remind me of bats on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> if you just look at the face and they're a little stocky. Okay, very cute. Uh, News Talk 1010's John Moore. Have a great show. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. Here's Goodness, Jennifer got me to snort. Bats on steroids. I'm going to have to ask Dan Riskin, our own resident Batman, what he thinks of that characterization. Yeah, French Bulldogs, I don't deny that they are cute because they have this what's-it-to-you look on their face at all times. But they are also part of, um, you know, a certain cycle of breeds where they've bred dogs that naturally have health issues. And in the case of French Bulldogs, uh, pugs sometimes as well, it's uh, breathing difficulties. And... I am always mindful of the fact, yes, I have a purebred dog and he probably is as barky and ornery as he is as a result of uh, inbreeding. Um, but there are certain breeds, like there are dogs. I have to look this one up. I don't think it's the French Bulldog, but there is one breed of dog where effectively they have bred them to such an extent where they have to deliver by cesarean section because they are incapable of actually birthing their own litters. And that's pretty whack. So I said I'd have more thoughts on Giorgio Mamalidi, and I do. 5.28 is the time, moments away from the headlines at 5.30 and uh, check on traffic. And I've, I'm going to be very interested to hear what Giorgio Mamalidi's pitch is. I mean, some of the notes that he is striking about public safety and the decline of this city, I'm on board with. I think, you know, I, I've been sharing with you over the last six months or so my distress at everything over overflowing garbage bins, people encamped in parks, homeless people chasing me from the parking lot in the morning. Um, this is a city that needs some really serious work. But the seriousness of Giorgio Mammoliti, I'm not convinced of. I'll, I'll, you know, we're almost out of time in this juncture in the show, but that's okay. I'll share with you a little later on in the show the one crazy day that Christy Blatchford and I shared at Toronto City Council. It was one of the more historic days. It was the day where the mayor, Rob Ford, ran over a city councillor. It was chaos beyond chaos. And Giorgio Mammoliti was at the center of that. Um, but I would just say, at, you know, I'm not going to be the one person who's going to disable Giorgio Mammoliti's campaign, but I always thought he was somewhat of a joke as a city councillor, so I cannot believe he's running for mayor. Because that costs money, and it takes time, and it requires teams, and he ain't going to win. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 
5.36 is the time. Two degrees, so we start the day above zero. I'm not sure if we've done that yet this winter, Nick Marano. I don't know. I, but anyway, I am so excited about spring. I'm excited about, you know, the warmer temperatures. The, the sunlight yesterday was gorgeous, even if it was a little cold and windy. And I'm excited about golf and all of that stuff. And not to take anything away from winter, but it just is not my favorite season. As a matter of fact, I don't like winter enough that even fall kind of annoys me because fall comes before winter. It's, it's the hallmark. So uh, looking forward to a conversation with uh, Vashi Capellos at 635 this morning, our um, uh, show host, but also, I mean, effectively our point person on all things Ottawa is going to be here to explain the situation with the special rapporteur having been appointed yesterday. And I know that some people th seem to think that I am this incredible Justin Trudeau enthusiast. I don't know. Then I criticize Justin Trudeau and say, for example, that even his breathing I find annoying. Uh, not the fact that he breathes, but I just, there's a breathiness and a way of speaking that I find annoying. So then all the Justin Trudeau genuine fans get all mad at me. I just take everything as it comes. And to be perfectly honest, nobody knows what the extent of Chinese meddling or the consequences of Chinese meddling were in the last two election cycles. And I know that people want to think that this is some sort of historic event in Canadian scandal history, that Justin Trudeau is sold out to the Chinese and that the government is being run like a puppet by the Chinese. But we actually don't know. This is the most opaque political scandal we've come across in ages. There is, there's almost no there there. So the fact that David Johnston, former governor general, former chancellor, I think he was at uh, McGill University, uh, a man with an incredible um, history of service, that he has been the guy selected to investigate this. I frankly think he's unimpeachable. You can think he's uh, sold out, but I, I just don't see it. Um, I think that it's, uh, it's just the right choice. Marco Mendocino was on Power Play yesterday and talking about the fact that the conservatives were actually consulted on this, so they can't really grieve it. I will say that they were given an opportunity to provide input into this process. Again, given that uh, Mr. Johnson was appointed by a past conservative prime minister, Stephen Harper, and that he has served uh, successfully regardless of, of partisanship, it is something that I hope that all parties will, will get behind. And Vashi Capellos will weigh in on this at uh, 535. I mean, it should be said, not, we're not best buds or anything, but I know David Johnston. And I know his wife, actually, because she is a, an incredibly compelling individual and a novelist. I remember during the time that he was serving as the governor general, she popped into our studios to talk about a novel that she'd written. And what's hilarious is when you are in a position like that, in an office like that, they have an attendant sit there and monitor the whole thing. And she told me some stories that were hilarious about, you know, uh, state dinners and experiences with various individuals, some of whom she didn't particularly like. And after she left the studio, the attendant came back and said, here are the following things you cannot include in this interview. So, okay. Um, so, yeah, Vashi's here at 635. What an interesting 
Uh, I, are people more ornery now? I guess we could actually throw open the lines and ask you. I do get the feeling. There, I think there are a number of circumstances. One of them being we've been through some tough times. So people feel like they've kind of been put into a crucible and they're mad. And so you may snap at the server who gets your order wrong, or you may snap, as I kind of did, at the hotel clerk who asked me, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, what, what are we doing about this reservation? I said, who is Mr. Gonzalez? Um, and, and then there's like social media and there's just a, there's kind of a breakdown in the collective civility, I think. So this story perhaps is not all that surprising. Snowplow operators in the GTA are quitting because they're sick of being abused by people. And I'd love to know more about this story. Like what form is this abuse taking? Are, you know, people running out of their houses and banging on the sides of snow plow trucks and yelling at people? One of the issues seems to be windrows. And, you know, I, growing up in Montreal where there's a lot more snow and more comprehensive snow maneuvers, uh, I always remember that I would go outside and shovel my parents' driveway and shovel through a snowdrift, and then a grader would go by, and boom, they would, you know, three feet of snow across the end of our driveway. So I get it. People are a little ornery about that. And that was a particularly large storm that we just went through. But the idea that people are abusing snowplow operators to the point where they are quitting is uh, is something else. At least eight incidents were reported to the city. Uh, it says in most cases, residents tried to stop plows from entering their street in order to prevent windrows of plowed snow from blocking driveways and sidewalks. Speaking of winter, um, I know Joe Cristiano keeps telling me I saw this report days ago, but I don't care. I saw it for the first time this morning, and I think it's worth talking about. According to the experts who measure the amount of sun that we get on a daily basis, we have been through one of the darkest winters in more than 80 years. Uh, it says, according to solar energy data by the European Center for Medium Range Forecasting, <laughs> when, how do you put that on a business card? Uh, parts of Ontario saw lower levels of solar energy between December 2022 and February 2023 than previously recorded in the last 83 years. So, I mean, it's just net-net. The amount of sunshine that we got was demonstrably lower, which may explain why everybody's ornery. Because, I don't know about you, but you know, I don't think I have seasonal affective disorder. That would be an exaggeration. But I certainly feel less energy, less joy uh, during the winter months. And apparently this particular winter offered us less sunshine than we have had since 1940. Interesting development with uh, Major General Danny Fortin. You probably have to be reminded of who he was or is. He is, he was a very successful military officer, and then he got tasked to look after the vaccination effort. And then in the midst of that, he got sidelined because somebody said, yeah, he did something sexually inappropriate when we were in university together at the Royal Military College. He was acquitted, and now he is suing. And 
you know, I, I don't know what to say about this because I, I do find, I, you know, I think people should be punished if they did sexually inappropriate things. But first of all, what he's alleged to have done in university is a little obscure. And second of all, there was question at trial. The plaintiff couldn't even attest that it was him who did it, let alone whether or not it even happened. Uh, he says that the government and the army marshaled things against him unfairly and cashiered him out. So he's suing for $5 million in general damages, $1 million in punitive damages. And I imagine this is going to end up in an out-of-court settlement. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Now, I appreciate this business on Lakeshore dates back several weeks, if not months. But one of the reasons it kind of caught my eye this morning when I saw a report about it was because I was coming home from Island Airport on Sunday and my taxi ended up stranded in the midst of this uh, traffic mess. And I just said, like, who, who approves these things? I mean, honestly, we were on Lakeshore, which at some points goes down to a single lane. I mean, we're talking, I'm pretty sure Lakeshore is like three lanes in each direction. And they're all live lanes. And, you know, it goes down to one lane. And stuff's going to happen. you got to do work once in a while. But the problem with that is then you get on to university, which goes down to one lane at Queen. And you continue along, and there are pylons on Museum, which is at the other end, or Queen's Park, whichever. It's, like, it's the only street that has seven street names in six blocks. Um, and it's just one of the ongoing frustrations for motorists in this city is something John Tory said he was going to fix, and frankly, I've never been satisfied with. The idea that somebody would sit at a table on a weekly basis and say, okay, well, if you're doing gas line work here, then you can't do the streetcar work there. And that just doesn't happen. And so I have offered, I don't think there is a major street in the Toronto core that doesn't narrow at some point. And it's absolutely insane. So uh, the fact that people are upset about construction along Lakeshore is uh, not at all surprising. Uh, another story that you heard about in the uh, five things you need to know would be Flair Airlines. They've decided they're going to sue the Irish leasing company um, that seized their four jets. Now, you know what? Seizing the jets might have been a bit extreme and it's brand damaging, business damaging. But I just like, how, how do you think this is going to play out, Flair Airlines? Like, were you late on your payment? If so, therefore, you are in the wrong. I mean, this is like a tenant getting mad about, you know, not paying the rent and ultimately being evicted or having a lock placed on the door. Did you pay the rent? No? Okay. Not a lot of sympathy here. Uh, speaking of things that are part of John Tory's legacy, um, and this dovetails nicely with a story we were talking about yesterday. Uh, yesterday, we talked with an activist because there's a group of activists who have asked the city to explain what the actual cost now of restoring the Gardner Expressway is. And so the other story that we have on the desk this morning would be Smart Track. And the latest figures show Toronto will need an additional $234 million to build 
the Smart Track Transit Project. The five station rail route uses existing GO lines. It was supposed to cost just over $1.4 billion. And to be honest, I've never quite understood Smart Track. Um, it just, you know, I mean, Smart Track, when it was announced, was going to be 22 stations. It was going to cost $8 billion. It was going to run from Markham to Union Station. Uh, it was going to connect with uh, Pearson Airport. And, you know, all these years later, now we're down to five stations. And I just figure, screw Smart Track, just rejig go. Like, we already have a system. Why, why are we cooking up some new idea? Um, okay, so we'll keep moving on that. I was mentioning going into the break at 5.30, bad behavior. And, you know, I saw this yesterday uh, as a video that was shared on Twitter. I shared it as well. If you want to follow me and you want to check this video out, you can do so. My Twitter account, my Twitter handle is at Moore in the AM. But it is, and I, I don't know necessarily that it informs the story that he's the son of a famous person. His name is Carson Briere. And the video, it's surveillance video from the top of a staircase in a nightclub. And he, there's a wheelchair sitting there. And according to the story as told, the person to whom the wheelchair belonged wanted to go to the washroom, but it was not a, um, the place was not properly accessible, so she had to be carried. So they leave her wheelchair at the top of the staircase. And Carson Briere, first of all, climbs into the wheelchair and then pushes it down the staircase. And, you know, I guess he could probably argue, I was drunk and stupid and I'm young, but I'm sorry. There, there are certain things that really are unforgivable. There are things that you will do. There's bad behavior that young people engage in because they're young and stupid and drunk. And then there is something as unspeakable as throwing a person's wheelchair down a staircase. Like I said, he is, he has a famous father who I hope gave him an earful yesterday. Um, he is the son of Philadelphia Flyers interim general manager, Danny Briere. But I'm not that big on what people call cancel culture these days where, you know, like you lose your job or you lose everything because you've done a bad thing because I think everything has to be in proportion. But this guy does not deserve to represent his university. He's a hockey player in any capacity, does not deserve to have a future if there ever was to be one as a professional athlete. This is the sort of thing for which you should have to be sorry for, for a good long time. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010. 